0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen; it's the best.
1: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a comedian, an actor, a podcaster, a man about town. I would say it's Dave Foley.
2: Yeah, well, I've given up being a man about town. <laughs> the rest, I'm still active. Still but being active, a man about town. Yeah, that's one of yeah. When I reunited with my wife, I you know gave that up. <laughs> you gave that up.
1: Yeah, I always kind of throw out "man about town" to see how different people react to it. And some people are yeah. like, I've always wanted to be
2: called a man about town. Oh, I have been. <laughs> you have been a man about town. <laughs> I have been without. Yeah, there's no hesitation. I, <laughs> I earned, I earned that appellation. Okay, uh, grandly, grandly. Do you interpret it as uh,
1: a being a, a single person having adventures? Is that how you interpret "man uh, about town"?
2: I interpret it as uh, uh, as what I like to think of as a charming alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And when
1: I think back, I originally got that from listening to uh, old radio shows of The Shadow. And they would describe yes. his alter ego, Lamont Cranston, as... A man, man about, about town. Man. Yes, and yes. you've opened that up for me to now just realize. Oh, they are saying he's an alcoholic. Yeah, that's
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A little truth about the shadow. Yeah. Um, so you are doing your own podcast now,
2: right? Uh, yeah, doing. Uh, yeah, calling. Uh, it's it's listed as "Don't Say" with Paul and Dave. Okay, and with my friend Paul Greenberg and um, my and our and our wives uh, Jackie Harris Greenberg and Chrissy Guerrero uh the real title of it is don't say cunt okay <laughs> uh with paul and dave and it's basically a show where we promise to not say cunt for 45 minutes every week <laughs> and you succeed every week We we mostly, mostly mostly okay yeah do guests take it as a challenge uh no most of them i am not sure I, most of them are even aware of the premise okay um because chrissy keeps the guest secret from us so okay I, yeah
1: so you have so, no yeah. idea who's going to show up week to week uh
2: no that's no, amazing not until they walk in the door yeah. Nice uh, has that been a
1: fun experience for you to enter the world of podcasts or is it really just like hey people come over
2: me chat no big deal yeah it, no it's been fun and it's uh, been a nice excuse to, to actually see some friends <laughs> uh, and uh, it's um, yeah I mean I think it was actually it was Jackie and Chrissy's idea okay uh, basically they they thought Paul they always they just thought Paul and I were funny when we started riffing okay and uh, and I guess we are. You know, I guess that's our jobs. Yeah. Um, uh, and they thought it would be fun to just do a podcast where we just where we just sit and without any plans or or any uh, set discussion. Yeah. <laughs> just talk. Just we you know we go from zero and start talking and see what we wind up talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. And we never we never discuss what we're, Paul and I make a real point of never never planning anything <laughs> we're going to say to each other during the the, the show. Uh, that must feel very freeing. Uh yeah and it's yeah it's just basically sp- sitting down and you know talking with a funny friend nice and nice seeing if we think you know seeing if there's anything interesting to talk about that week <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice um I'm really excited to talk about your obsession I always mm-hmm. email people and they give me their obsession so I can prepare a little bit ahead of time and uh, I was delighted nobody has
2: ever brought this up your current obsession is UFOs yes and well UFOs and specifically. How the um, how I'm I'm obsessed with how little impact <laughs> current revelations about UFOs are having on the general public. Really, about the fact that that the the, the American military and government have come out and admitted UFOs are in fact real. Okay, and uh, not only real but almost constant. <laughs>
1: You mean just like the actual literal unidentified flying object, not like yes. yes we verified that that's a flying saucer, but more like the there's something
2: in the sky and we don't know what the hell it is. Yes, and that it's in the sky all the time, and they <laughs> not only do they not know what it is, there's nothing they can do to stop it. Okay, uh, that's like the opinion of people who like fighter pilots who have engaged with the uh, the phenomenon. Okay, you know, and, How- and the fact that, and that this has been New York Times stories, Washington Post stories, uh, and not, and they weren't front page stories. Yeah, they should have been. Um, you know, there's a, a TV series on the History Channel now with uh, from the to the Stars Academy people, yeah, where they're going through in great detail and basically proving that these things are real. Wow, and you know, and you know, like they, you know, and the fact that still people have been so conditioned to just slough off the whole issue, yeah, that people even when faced with just irrefutable evidence that <laughs> UFOs are real and unexplained, yeah just keep going well whatever <laughs> or, is it,
1: the, well whatever or is it just like we're so have a culture of debunking them that there's yes. no
2: possibility that it's true yeah people i mean you read journalists who just uh you know like even, like you'll you'll read articles in the new york times by 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 journalists who haven't even read the articles by their colleagues, <laughs> talking about this as though it's all nonsense? Okay, you know, making sort of smug and snarky. Yeah, you know, uh, the usual thing, uh, just
1: ridiculing it. So, is your obsession then the actual uh, unidentified flying objects, or the hubris of humanity?
2: Well, I've been. Obs- I mean, I've been interested in the UFO thing for, I guess, since childhood. Yeah. Any time anything seems very prevalent, and uh, and. And uh, no one takes it seriously. I go, well, there must be something to that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And then you hear serious people actually going, yes, there is something to it. And I, and then uh, so I was always interested in it, and it. Always seemed like the you know the dismissal of it seemed uh, 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 not to be backed by anything. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone who wants to dismiss it falls back on Carl Sagan's, you know, uh, you know, uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Yeah. Uh, but debunking requires no evidence at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get like you can have a fighter pilot saying, "I visually engaged with a UFO. I tracked it on my on my radar. <laughs> uh, concurrently, it was tracked on ground radar and on shipboard radar, and uh, we have infrared video of it that we are showing you." Yeah, and still the debunkers will come out and say, "Well, it just could be a radar glitch." Yeah. And they'll go, do you have evidence that it was a radar glitch? No, no. <laughs> but that, but that, but because they could say it could be something, they dismiss all of the hard evidence that it is something else.
1: Yeah, because it's not like a fighter pilot is saying, and then a little green alien uh, flipped me off no. from the window. No, They're no, saying no. like... I had radar
2: lock on a 40 foot tic-tac shaped <laughs> machine, machine that was intelligently operated and that could fly circles around me. Yeah. And uh Yeah and that, that, could, that had instantaneous uh, um, acceleration and wow. performed, performed maneuvers that would flatten, the inertial forces would flatten any craft that we know of.
1: Okay. So how are you uh, following up this interest right now? Are you just reading more about it? Are you... Uh,
2: well, reading more about it and talking with people about it. Uh, I actually struck up a friendship with a guy named uh, Jeremy Corbell, who... Who made a documentary about Bob Lazar? Okay. That's really good and really interesting. And Bob Lazar is one of those guys I kind of dismissed in 89 when he came out and told people uh, Area 51 existed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We're conditioned to. Yeah. Like, yeah, nice, nice X File story. Bye. Yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, you realize, okay, yeah, this is a guy who, who claims to have, and really seems, all the evidence seems to be that he actually did work on reverse engineering a, an alien craft. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, you know, and his job was to study the propulsion system of it, and everything. And everything he said thirty years ago, he's still telling the exact same story with zero embellishment. Okay. Um, and now also, and all, and now the the like the 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 footage that's been put out recently, um, by the Pentagon of yeah. UFOs, uh, pretty closely matches. The crafts that he described in 1989. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, so you befriended somebody who did a documentary about, about this Bob guy, Bob Lazar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a guy named Jeremy Corbell, who's who's been a UFO kind of researcher and filmmaker for years. He's done a bunch of films. Okay. Um, and very, but a very serious guy. Yeah. And, you know, and a guy who, uh, in his, like in his documentary, kept testing Bob's story and kept researching it and finding and kept finding more and more evidence that it was true. Yeah. Does he, uh, since you've struck up a friendship with him, does
1: he have, like, s- theories of, like, what this sort of next step is, of, like, what should be done, or what is true uh, that's
2: being... Well, I think he seems to... He always has a lot of stuff that he's not... that he won't tell me. Okay. And then, <laughs> then, he, then it gets, you know, he'll, he'll say there's stuff coming up, and he'll give me, like, about a few hours' uh, heads up when he's about to release something. Okay, But, like, he was, like, he was... Uh, I don't know if you know about David Fravor, who was... The, I don't. Well, he was the... Uh, the F, uh, was it, F-118 pilot, uh, who, uh, engaged with the, the Tic Tac UFO, as okay. they call it, off of the coast of, uh, San Diego, and tried, you know, tried to chase it down. Yeah. And, um, and Jeremy actually, like, got hold of him about eight years ago, and has been trying to talk him into coming up, coming public with it, and it only just became public this year when... Oh, really? Yeah, when the, uh, when, uh... To the Stars Academy, that's Tom DeLong's corporation. Okay. Uh, released the videos that were Pentagon videos, so were released by the Pentagon to uh, to the Stars Academy. Okay. And it was like three videos. There was the Tic Tac video from San Diego, uh, which was in 2004, and then there was a 2000. Uh, was it fourteen or fifteen? Uh, off the coast of Florida, which we didn't know it was off the coast of Florida, they just the Pentagon just released okay. that information that it was off the coast of Florida recently, of what they call the gimbal video and uh, and a go fast video, and it's, okay. and it's basically it's 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 uh, radar locked video in infrared of spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> um doing things that were freaking out the pilots and you hear their voices on the uh on the video okay, and Try this and, is like a lot of people have
1: gone through and corroborated all this and yeah. oh' yeah. it's been is...
2: corroborated by the pentagon okay yeah that is that does seem like it should be bigger news if the <laughs> Pentagon's like eh you go yeah. ahead but they yeah and instead, but people keep uh sort of clinging to the notion you go well we don't i mean there could there, i'm sure there's prosaic explanations you know like uh you know it's like I saw a clip of Bill Nye saying, I think this is much more likely just one branch of the military not talking with another branch of the military. Okay. All right. Which, okay, that sounds reasonable until you go, but wait a minute. These fighter pilots off the coast of Florida were on a daily basis encountering UFOs over more than a year. Yeah. And they had visually, saw them visually. Again, radar locks on them. Uh, They they described a ship that looked like a, a cube, uh, inside a sphere. Okay. Inside, they didn't know if the sphere was solid or if it was some sort of plasma, but it was a, a cube flying around. Yeah. And one of the and at one point it flew between two jets and almost hit them. Wow. And they so they filed a safety report on it. So they're like following protocol. They're like, yeah. What else could we possibly do? This yeah. is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And they're and they're living under the stigma that if you report a UFO, you can ruin your career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your career can be over, even though every, they. I mean, they said there's something like. Fifty pilots have encountered these things. Wow! Uh, and they were, and that that these craft followed them uh, to them to the Middle East. Really? Like- Where, yeah, they went. They when they they left their training exercises and went off to the, you know off the coast of Syria. Uh, the craft showed up there. Okay, you know. So, the, and this is all verified by the military. Yeah, and in fact, the military has responded by saying they're they've changed their reporting policies for UFOs in the Navy. Okay. Um, to make it easier for pilots to, uh, and basically it's from pilots complaining and saying, we're going, we're risking our lives. Our lives are in danger. Yeah. And they said at first, they thought maybe these were some sort of drones from another division. Yeah. Of the government. But, and again, that Bill Nye goes, yeah, it's the other branch of the government doing something. But if the government had technology that could do these things, why are they built still building F 18 F one eighteen fighter jets? Right. That these other things can fly circles around. Yeah, and can perf- and can defy the laws of physics. Yeah, and you would wonder why the Pentagon
1: would report that too if they have like yeah. amazing ships that had been secret and their own pilots are reporting them. Yeah, maybe maybe bury that. Yeah, yeah,
2: and uh, and I think the uh, you know and I think they, and the Air Force came out and said these are definitely not drones, <laughs> and said that they that the Air Force believes that they are not technology from Russia or China. Okay, so you tell me what other country? So it's not American, <laughs> not American, according to the uh, according to the Navy and the Air Force. Yeah, uh, and it's not Chinese or Russian. Oh, Mexico,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> super villain in yeah. a volcano
1: base. Yeah. I guess is yeah uh, other option that I think of. Yeah, and,
2: and again, you get the debunkers like Michael Shermer and, and, and Bill Nye, who I think is a lovely man. I yeah. like, I know Bill, um, but who just with zero evidence dismiss it yeah and so the whole claim of uh you know that that the extraordinary evidence extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence should not have a corollary that any old lame theory yeah. suffices to debunk yeah extraordinary yeah claims and well, that makes total sense you know you should have to have some evidence to debunk it yeah or else say not like just it could be <laughs> that's not that's not science
1: yeah it is a weird position to say like well we have this data and we yeah. just don't want to acknowledge it because it makes us feel like wackos. yeah,
2: and I know that somebody somebody't really some uh, uh somebody wrote a note after I, I was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast talking about it, and I said, you know if we really want to apply Occam's razor that you know the most likely explanation is the simplest explanation yeah so if your' debunking theory involves simultaneous uh failures. In the most expensive and complex radar systems (laughs) in the world, uh, on multitudes of ships, yeah, uh, and a simultaneous failure of the onboard uh, radar locks of the what they call the FLIR systems on fighter jets, yeah, compounded with hallucinations by the pilots themselves because (laughs) of stress, yeah, and uh, or uh, that that trained fighter pilots whose lives depend on knowing. What everything else in the sky looks like, yeah, <laughs> might mistake another jet for yeah. a UFO.
1: Yeah, and and you trust all the sources yeah. where this information comes from, yeah. right? Because it is officially released, and you can track down that, yep, this was released. This yeah. is not like yeah. somebody made these fake Pentagon documents
2: at Kinkos. So if you yeah. if you run that down, That's all of where official the... releases from the Pentagon at this point, yeah. So you've got all of this information, but the, you know, and but yeah, so you so in order to debunk it, you've got to. Except that all of these various things occurred all at once, you know. Um, you know. Again, we're talking about fighter pilots. talking about like David Fravor, who's a, a top gun fighter pilot, yeah. sixteen years in the air, uh, one of the top pilots in the country, yeah, in the world, uh, and that he would mistake a fighter jet or a drone for a forty foot long. Tic Tac.
1: <laughs> yeah, to even say Tic Tac, I yeah. feel like a Top Gun air fighter would be like, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I don't sound like an asshole when I say the word Tic Tac. Yeah, yeah,
2: but he said he said that it looks like it's went you know on the on the recording he said it looks like a forty foot Tic Tac, and uh, and that they de- and then he described it as you know dropping from like you know and ra- and again simultaneous radar tracking described it as dropping from like eighty thousand feet. Just like straight down? To, to about 20 feet over the ocean. Okay. Wow. In less than a second. Yeah. And then dr- going from that level up to 30,000 feet, again, it, almost instantaneously. So. Um, and just flying circles around him. Yeah. And he can, couldn't get anywhere near it. And it responded to his maneuvers. So it was intelligently piloted. Okay. So it was responding. Yeah. To, uh, okay. So, yeah, I,
1: I totally understand the fascination of like, oh, wow, there's all this data and nobody is taking it seriously. Yeah. What, what does it strike for you in terms of like a place of imagination? Like I understand being fascinated well, with sort of the hubris of humanity, but then there's that other side of it of like, well, well holy shit. To what me, what are
2: these other? One of the disturbing, aside from what are these objects? Yeah. One of the uh, the other disturbing thing that this reveals to me is how effectively public, uh, the public mind can be controlled. Yeah. And how once you have controlled the public mind. How resolute it is in continuing to believe what it's been trained to believe. Yeah, you know that that the public, in the face of what is now irrefutable evidence of UFOs. Yeah, the general public either refuses to read the articles because really there's articles in the New York Times, and I know a lot of so many intelligent people. It's in the I read the New York Times. Yeah. Why would you see that headline and not read that article? Yeah. Because you've been conditioned to dismiss it
1: without reading it. Well, I googled UFOs to research for this episode, and all that came up is just like Roswell debunked. Like, those are the immediate things that come up. Yeah. So, like, the algorithms are on the side of, yeah. Let's not even discuss this.
2: Yeah. No, you, yeah. But if you, yeah, if you go, but if you go to Pentagon release and, yeah. you know, that's the other thing is like, you know, that for years and years they, you know, they, they couch their terminology so that you can't find it in a search. Okay. You know. Interesting. Um, that's why they started using the term um, unidentified aerial phenomenon. <laughs> Which is actually a term the British came up with. Okay. So that they didn't have to put UFO into official documents so that even if people did freedom of information searches, yeah. They would search for UFOs and it wouldn't mention it. Okay. There'd be no mention of UFOs because it would say unidentified aerial phenomena <laughs> instead. It's AAF, you know. Yeah. It's a slang that kids are using these days. Yeah. So but to me it's just that's the the most bizarre thing is that intelligent people, like really more in fact, almost the more intelligent someone is, it seems um the more locked in to the conditioning they are
0: yeah you said you you
1: you know Bill Nye personally have you ever yeah. had the opportunity to to talk I, to him I,
2: I haven't seen him since all this started since all this stuff started coming okay.
1: out um is that something you would do because oh, yeah. he's like such a public example of what you're you're talking yeah. about of somebody of like well i need i need to really yeah. be very taken smart, seriously guy. if I, i'm going to talk about these kind of things yeah
2: and he's a very smart guy but again dis- dismisses everything that's going on yeah. with zero evidence all you have to have is a supposition of something it might be and yeah. that's enough for the debunkers to dismiss to dismiss well for one uh millions of sightings yeah millions of photographs um you know uh, countless uh radar trackings yeah um countless like you know uh eyewitness accounts from people like um uh, fighter pilots uh commercial
3: pilots
2: okay uh astronauts, <laughs> you know, people who have been to the moon. Yeah. They're pretty trustworthy. Yeah. 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 So, know. yeah,
1: I totally understand the fear of just how much into sort of group think we can get and how how thought can be controlled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But and do you think about the... What, what is it? What is it? How does it affect you to think that there is even the possibility of
2: intelligent life? Um, well, I think it's, ast- it's astounding. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Uh, you know, in some ways, it's, 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 it could be numbing if you allow it to be. Because, yeah. Because you realize, I mean, because I, you know, I mean, looking at the evidence that's in front of me, I have to assume that there is a civilization that has learned how to build machines that do not, that are not uh, affected by inertia. Okay. All right. And that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Because that means they've built machines that defy the laws of physics. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, that they can, you know, that they can do these perform maneuvers. That I think David Fravor described it as like a, a like a ping pong ball bouncing around inside a glass. Wow, that's how sharp the turns are. Um, and you know, they said I think some people estimated that the inertial forces would, or something like five hundred G's. These things okay. are, would be pulling. So uh, nine G's is the maximum for a human.
1: Okay. So if, if they're not, if you know, they're real. If they're being. They could be like uh, remote controlled you would imagine, they could be. but They're there could bite. be
2: other sentient life in it, yeah uh, there could be remote yeah they could be remote controlled by but probably not by humans yeah <laughs> if they are being re- if they are drones being remote controlled yeah, because that's the thing is if you if you want to go with that as- assumption, then whoever has this technology would be the dominant force on the planet yeah, uh, so if this technology exists. And there's no way that if, if America had this technology, there's no way we oh. wouldn't be using it globally. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, and we would be using it to control the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because uh, all the technology that we do have in America, we use on a daily basis to control the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you and know, and fight uh, with other this, countries about whether they can have that power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is American, you know, hegemony, or you know, basically globally right now. Yeah. So yeah, there's not a tool that America won't use absolutely um and uh so you look at it and you go, well, because I'm also real I'm also a science geek, and I love like listening to you know quantum physicists, okay, you know, talk about uh you know you know uh you know different different arguments for what particles are or aren't or okay. what reality is and all of that uh but then you realize that these people who are infinitely more intelligent than I am <laughs> and understand these theories that make no sense to me at all, but I still love listening to. Yeah, uh, These people are children compared to somebody yeah. out there. How does it make you feel that that
1: people are some sort of sentient life with uh, that amount of technology? You're talking about America. If we had it, we would go crazy and we would yes. try to not only uh, if, you know capture yeah. the earth,
2: but capture whatever else we can. And if any other country on earth had this technology... America would be uh, subjugated by them. So, how does it make you feel when you
1: think about, like, well, somebody has this technology and they're uh, frightening uh, pilots? That's about all they're doing with it that we can tell. Yeah. And they're not using it in any sort of uh, effort of subjugation. Like, where does your, um, how does that make you feel? Where does your imagination go when?
2: Well, it's hard, of, it's hard to put yourself in the mind space of of, uh, <laughs> of a being that may be a billion years more advanced than us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might be a cloud of thought. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, let's face it. We anthropomorphize, uh, you know, stuffed animals. Yeah. You know, cars. we we endow yeah. we endow yeah cars we endow, uh, you know, our pets. Yeah, I've given pairs human. of pants names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With human, intelligence. <laughs> yeah, we 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 fall in love with our Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, humans endow human traits onto anything we look at. Yeah. Um and so I think it's impossible not to look at UFOs and and de- you know and fall into the trap of trying to endow a human yeah um rationale for what they're doing or you know some sort of th- that they have some similar human emotions and curiosities. Yeah. You know. And you know it it certainly seems like they're at least curious. Yeah. But they don't seem overly curious <laughs> about us, right? They seem to be very curious about things like uh, military training, uh, nuclear installations, okay, uh, atomic weapons installations. They seem to be very interested in those things, right?
1: But they're not like seeing like, oh, there's a premiere of the new Marvel movie. Let's buzz no, that, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and they certainly aren't. In, don't appear to have any uh, any interest at all in our political hierarchies. Yeah. You know, they don't seem to distinguish between one human and another human. Yeah. You know, they they seem to be interested based on our activities. Yeah. Not not anything to do with any of us individually. Yeah. I mean, that might not even be true because I'm I I'm not I'm not really read up on like abduction phenomenon. Okay. You know, uh, which I think is I think in light of all this, if we if you know once you realize. I've always been more skeptical of abduction phenomena, but I'm yeah. less skeptical now that, you know, okay, they're they're, uh, yeah. they're here. Yeah. So, yeah, if they wanted to abduct people, they certainly could.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about some of these stories that are, like, thoroughly debunked? Do you feel like they have been manipulation? Like things like Roswell, where, like, the government has said, like, no, here's, here's wh- exactly what
2: happened. Well, but they've said exactly what happened. About five times, and each time it's been exactly different from the last exactly what happened explanation they've given. Okay. And even the last exactly what happened explanation that they gave, uh, that they were testing high-altitude crash test dummies. Okay. (laughs) uh, Which existed, but then some researchers found out that those dummies actually weren't developed by the military until about two or three years after Roswell happened. Okay. Um, and, uh, And they've never explained why the military initially put out a press release (laughs) saying we have a flying saucer. Okay. You know, the day that the crash happened, the the military put out an official press release saying we have a flying disc. Okay. And, uh, yeah, remains were scattered over this farm. And then the next day they came in and said it was a weather balloon. So you've got – and by the way, where Roswell crashed, there's also part of the debunking – is they have to keep ignoring the fact that it crashed near the most advanced military installation in the country at the time. Okay. It was the uh, nuclear. It was the nuclear strike capability for the country at the time. The nuclear air strike force. Okay. Was in Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. So there's a reason that they might have been the aliens might be interested. It follows the pattern. Yeah. And and not only that, but that means that that uh, you know they kind of depict it as a bunch of Hicks going crazy. Right. Uh, no, the people that came out and investigated first off were the most advanced people in the military at the time. Yeah. So they, so you have these people who are working, you know, on a base where they would be launching a nuclear attack if it had to happen. Yeah. Right. This is just after the war. We just dropped two nuclear bombs. Yeah. So the it's only, on our mind. Yeah. The only base in the country equipped to launch a new nuclear attack was in Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. All right. So very sophisticated people were there and very sophisticated people responded to the report that a disk had crashed yeah they came out investigated it picked up debris uh no one's argued that they've never argued that they didn't go out and pick up debris okay um they you know they did and uh but somehow these people who fly planes with nuclear weapons on them uh, and the support staff for people who fly planes with nuclear weapons on them, the people who are in charge of making sure those nuclear weapons are in good shape and ready to fly and ready to drop <laughs> all of these people mistook a weather balloon <laughs> for a for a flying saucer, yeah, yeah, that you know it there's there's no there's no way that that story has credibility. And yeah. It doesn't strain credulity. Yeah. How do you feel, as
1: a creative person, how do you feel about the fact that art and stories has made any sort of discussion of UFOs difficult? Because your mind just immediately goes to Flying Saucer, you see an old movie from the fifties with the yeah. a string in, in the
2: theremin sounds, and it yeah. makes it feel well, I think extra art, absurd. I absurd. I think artists, especially and in particular comedians, <laughs> uh, are have been used as as use uh, the Russian term "useful idiots." Really, since the since the forties, yeah, uh, we have. I mean, they have they have uh, freedom of information documents released. That basically showed the discussion, the debate amongst the military about, well, how do we deal with this phenomenon? And they said uh, the one thing is to uh, is to uh, create a sense of of ridiculousness. Yeah. And there was a there was a an official government policy of creating, uh, of making it seem ridiculous, and therefore uh, that no one would want to come out. And be associated with the phenomenon because yeah. they would be written off as as a lunatic or an idiot. Yeah. Um and you know, and basically and they would destroy they would destroy careers of anyone who said anything. And but the more important thing was that to the culture, they used yeah, they used like uh putting out crazy stories, misinformation to the media. Yeah. Uh so that people like myself would mock it. Yeah. And mock people who claim to have been encountered.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking Strange about that uh, with comedy a lot, that obviously it, comedy as a tool can, you know, open up new ideas, but so often we do use it to defend the status quo, which oh, is kind I of, got to it. me, anti the spirit of comedy. It should be about breaking new ground, but so often it's like, I'm reinforcing the idea that women no. shop more, and that's what all my jokes are about. Yeah. Or yeah, this is abnormal
2: behavior, so I'm gonna mock it. Comedy is one of the most useful tools in the manufacturing of consent. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, because no one likes to be mocked. Yeah. You know, you gotta figure you, here's how powerful mockery is. You have you have fighter pilots who go out, they fly they're flying a machine that's really dangerous just to be in. Yeah. It. And they're flying into places where someone might try to kill them. Yeah. And that's their job. Yeah. They're going in they're going in a sophisticated machine to fight other sophisticated machines. Yeah. All right fearless about doing that yeah but then if they see a ufo <laughs> they come back and land they're afraid to talk about it <laughs> that is such like subversion on top of subversion that like yeah.
1: an air fighter pilot is like dominant powerful and yeah. then they can be like yeah but
2: i'm afraid some asshole on tv will poke fun at me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so then, i can't and, say anything yeah and all my buddies will will mock me at the bar yeah <laughs> you know uh well they even said like the tic tac uh ufo the pilots who came back from chasing these things down. Yeah. Got back to the ship and on the ship they were they were putting on like, you know, the um Independence Day video on all the okay. TVs <laughs> and laughing at them.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's no there's no end to uh any sort of media you can use to sort of make it seem yeah. less than. Yeah. I mean, even down to Reagan calling his own program Star Wars and sort of tying together, you know, yeah. ideas of actual technology with fantasy yeah. in making them absolutely inseparable in our minds
2: yeah no definitely and it's and it's been so effective i mean again and that's what i come back to as how effective it has been that even now in the face of of basic knowing not not it's not a conspiracy theory it's not people suspecting knowing that we've been lied to yeah. by the government for years knowing that the government said they stopped investigating ufo's in 1969 Yeah. Knowing that that was a lie. Um, And now knowing that UFOs do exist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a, a, I think it was a Washington Post article. The headline of it was, UFOs are real. Everyone has to get used to it. (laughs) And again. Yeah. And here's what happened. UFOs in the headline, only people who already believe read it. Right. Yeah. Nobody else reads it. Nobody... The more intelligent, again, the more intelligent, the more likely you are to be rigid yeah. in your beliefs. Yeah. So
1: if, like, somebody respected, like Bill Nye, had an, his next Netflix special was, turns out there is a lot of data, let's look at it. Not jumping to any conclusions, but just, mm-hmm. here's there's some data, let's analyze yeah. it. Obviously, that would make you probably feel more hopeful for society. But what do you what do you think the next step would be? If people were willing to look at it realistically, what do you think? Might be discovered.
2: I don't know because I don't. Well, I mean, it it depends. I think there's because um, I like cause I think there are, there are people who believe that 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 the government has had these crashed UFOs for since the '40s or earlier. Yeah, and they've that they've, re, they've uh, reverse engineered them, and that we have a secret uh, a secret space program. Okay, that has these ships, and that a lot of the UFOs we're seeing are secret spaceships. That, you know run by the US government. Okay. Uh I think that's nonsense. Okay. Uh because again, if America had them, they would use them. <laughs> yes, you know, in you know and they wouldn't continue to like spend a fortune on these primitive rockets that we keep sending up. Yeah. That cost a fortune and are very ineffective. Yeah. Uh they wouldn't spend a fortune on the space station. They wouldn't be con- they wouldn't be discussing going to Mars in 30 years. Yeah. You know. And you know, and the idea is these people believe, well, we already have bases on Mars, okay, and okay, so then why are we why are we sending these probes <laughs> up there that and take not, forever to get there yes these uh, these robots that we give names and personify, yeah, yeah, yeah who move around very slowly and <laughs> you know and you know give you back tiny little glimpses of the planet at a yeah. time, yeah. you know, I think if we have a we have if we have bases on Mars. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to keep it secret. We'd have strip malls up there by yeah. now. Yeah, we'd yeah. be colonizing. We'd be exploiting yeah. it. There's minerals up there. Yeah, if we could get back and forth from Mars in a viable commercial way, we would be exploiting the resources. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're, you know. We don't even want oil now, and we're willing to go to war with <laughs> Iran over oil. We don't even want the oil. If we could find a way to fight over
1: sunlight, over solar panels, we yeah. will yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you, to me, I don't. I can believe that that government would say we don't know what this is. We don't want it out there. Yeah. We want to debunk it. But I have yeah. a hard time believing in honestly our government being organized enough to have like since Roswell a long standing sort of in, internal process. I, how do you feel about that like I, I can imagine just somebody like hey you're you're now in charge of this just keep doing what we're doing
2: well you gotta you have to separate things like from government government and military okay military is very good at keeping secrets okay um you know that's you know they' they have a they, it's a very closed society in the military yeah you know you know it's like you do have people like like Gordon Gordon Cooper who was you know um you know in the mercury program. Who you know? Who saw UFOs when he was a young man? Saw one on a military base land, took photos of it. Okay, and didn't talk about it forever. <laughs> didn't talk about it till like in his retirement. Okay,
1: you know, so, like he had a retirement party, and was by the he way, said, yeah, I saw UFOs. I saw this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: um, you know, but yeah, people keep secrets. Okay, um, people keep secrets of of. Uh, you know, of, of new military advances. Yeah. But these military advances that they keep secret are really incremental. Yeah. You know, it's like a plane that goes somewhat faster than other planes but basically follows the same physics and follows the same technology. It's yeah. And an advance on previous technology. Yeah. All right. So for people who want to, you know, say, you know, the UFOs, it's just like the stealth fighter. It's not like the stealth fighter. Stealth fighter is still a plane with wings and yeah. a tail and, and uh, a it propulsion. physics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has a a hot <laughs> propulsion system, you know. Okay. It's, it's just a jet plane. Yeah. Just a really good one. Um, so it's UFOs are not like the stealth bomber. Yeah. It's not, you know, we don't have those kind of secret leaps in technology that have happened throughout our history. Yeah. Where, you know, it's not like, you know, it, I mean, that would be like in uh, ancient Rome if suddenly Henry Ford produced a car. Right. You no, know? <laughs> If Henry Ford had been around then, and he went, look— That's the kind of leap
1: in technology. Yeah. yeah, We're talking about. So, yeah. So you believe in military, they can just say like, hey, we're going to, we collected this data, but we're not going to share it. We, this person, we're going to keep quiet, uh, but not any organized, we've secretly re-engineered.
2: Yeah. Because within the military, there's no such thing as free speech. Yeah. And exercising free speech within the military is a crime (laughs) punishable under military law because they have their own laws. Yeah. Right. You're not a free person in the military. Uh, you know, you surrender yeah. all of your individual freedoms yeah. in the military, <laughs> yeah. so they can keep secrets. And yeah. government and and people say, "Well, how could they keep this a secret?" They haven't. <laughs> You're right. You're saying they're they're putting out <laughs> the Pentagon's putting it out. Yeah, and they haven't. They haven't. They kept. Have, they didn't keep Roswell a secret. Yeah, they put out a press release the day it happened.
1: <laughs> Great secret keeping. You
2: know, and uh, you know, and it's like you know, and so they say, you know, how how could they keep this a secret? That's the thing is they haven't – and the government, the government hasn't kept it a secret. Yeah. Because they aren't good at it. Yeah. Um, and – but what they've done effectively is to make everyone just not care. Yeah. Which just fascinating. And yeah. that's – to me, it's like that like, – as I said, the most disturbing thing to me um, – I mean, because I think the UFO phenomenon itself is can, could be disturbing – or it could be exhilarating. Yeah. uh, It's certainly uh, profound. Um, But the degree to which we think we are free, a free thinking society is completely revealed by all of these intelligent people and just the mass of the public. Yeah. Going along with something that was always a lie and now is publicly announced as a lie. Yeah. But the, but We've been so trained to believe the lie that uh, even when when given the evidence, we refuse to see it. We refuse to look at it. Refuse to think about it. Yeah. Uh, refuse to uh, react to it the way you would any other fact-based science issue. Yeah. How is
1: that affecting you? On like a obviously, you're giving this thought, good analytical thought. You have uh, friends that you talk to about it, and experts you talk to about it. How is it affecting you on a like day-to-day level? Do you start? Are you starting to question? Other things, are you getting more frustrated with other sort of ways where we're having dangerous groupthink?
2: Um, it definitely falls into that, especially right now when when uh, uh, when we're seeing just how easy it is to mislead people. Yeah, how um, you know that a huge you know a huge. I mean, we have a, we have a guy in the White House who who lies every single day, constantly, repeatedly. Yes, and they are lies that are proven false every single day. Yeah, usually within the second he has said them. Yeah. Yeah but the people who choose to believe him choose to believe him anyway yeah they don't care they they don't care because and that again it's a part of human nature once you've once you've invested in believing something it's very very hard to get people to stop believing it yeah that's like like once a once a belief takes root it's it can be a dangerous and tenacious thing yeah you know um you know it's and it can be really destructive i mean you know germany didn't just wake up one day and go hey let's
3: kill all the jews <laughs> right
2: they were led incrementally towards that that decision
1: towards a, this is a way that we can accept it and do the action without actually yeah. looking directly at the action and calling it what it is
2: yeah 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 you can in, so when you incrementally lead people to a belief once you get them there uh you know it's kind of like you know you can you can lead a horse to water but that horse is going to stay there forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Going back to like what it
1: could be uh profound or exhilarating or frightening, when you think of the idea that we we haven't told any stories that can imagine what aliens are they are total totally different from us, yeah with different understanding of everything, different existence yeah, how does that does it make you feel uh th- that humanity is small
2: and insignificant, does it feel freeing of like i think I think it would be much worse to think that we were the, that we were on our own, yeah. Because uh, then we're doomed, <laughs> you know. Then there's no way out for yeah, us. Yeah, we just got a couple uh, of glaciers to go, and we're yeah. we're done. But the fact that if if, the, if there are other civilizations who have gotten far enough along and gotten through these hurdles and yeah. and have and have found and have solved the scientific problems that we haven't solved, and you go, okay, there's that's there's hope. Not yeah. that not that aliens are going to bail us out. Yeah, because they don't seem like they're interested in like doing they that. Care. <laughs> they seem interested in monitoring us because we're a threat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to the neighborhood. <laughs> or, or maybe they're just curious about. Well, why do these people do these things that clearly are self-destructive? Yeah, you know, they may just be studying because maybe in maybe in their society there was never a period of time in their culture where where uh, societies were self-destructive. Right. Like, how? Why are they doing that to their planet? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe to them the notion of war is so uh, absolutely bizarre. Yeah, you know, and we all, you know, and this also that, that so that maybe it's just a concept that's so bizarre and that they're curious about it. Yeah, which you know, again, would explain why they keep monitoring like nuclear nuclear sites. It was um, oh God, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the site that in was in the '70s that a UFO came out and then basically shut down all the nuclear weapons. Oh wow! All simultaneously. Even though the weapons that were not connected to each other, uh, miles and miles apart. Okay. Uh, Malm, uh, blanking on the name of the the base, but it's pretty thoroughly documented. Okay, this happened. Yeah, you know. So they they definitely take an interest in these places, or the Rendlesham Forest in in England, where there was a UFO sighting. Yeah, was also an American uh, nuclear base. Yeah, nuclear weapons base. Yeah, uh, so that. So they have some interest in us. Yeah, we can infer that. Do you fantasize that they're going to save us? (laughs) Yeah. Do you fantasize at all about
1: any sort of um, about them landing? And this kind of goes along with what you're saying. Of like, any time you start having a conversation of like the aliens land, we get to greet them, it is automatically like, well, that's absurd because we've made jokes and fantasy movies about it forever. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if they are curious about us, if they do wonder, like, hey, why are you destroying the planet? Yeah. And there is an attempt to communicate. Do you fantasize what about what that might look like?
2: Well, I don't know, because I mean if you go with the um if you accept alien abduction stories, uh they have. Yeah. But they're not interested in coming down and going on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> they've come down and they've they have abducted um I, I think was it uh um God, I'm forgetting I'm blanking on names the guy who did his at the forefront of the whole abduction studies uh, Bob I'm just blanking Bob on a yes <laughs> <those kind laughs> names, Jacobs and, um, but they've done like calculations just based on their studies of things that they think are legitimate abduction cases okay and believe that the number of Americans Americans not worldwide yeah. but the number of Americans who have been abducted is in the millions okay. So they are. So if that's so that true, is, if that's true, that is a sort yeah. of like. But well, let's just if see true, what's going that's on. The way they're doing it, they're not coming in and making. They're not going to come in and you know plant so a flag and yeah, you know ask to come to dinner. And yeah, do a do a set at Coachella. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How would you feel on the opposite end of the spectrum? We talked about aliens as like unknowable, unconceivable by our standards because they're so different. How would you feel if the ship does land and, and there was like something humanoid, maybe even like the you know stereotypical gray alien with big eyes? And they are more like us, and they yeah. laugh when they hear humans fart, and they want to go on Jimmy Kimmel and mm-hmm. get attention, and they're just like us, all of our graces and all of our just hubris and failings. Would that yeah. be like, oh, jeez, uh, what a bummer. It would be comforting and disappointing. <laughs> uh, and I find all comforts
2: disappointing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah, it would, would be, it would be, it would be unlikely and strange and, you know, and, you know, again, look, some people think maybe they are us. Yeah. You know, maybe they are a later version of us that's just coming back. Oh, like time traveling on us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and if you accept that they can, you know, uh, that their propulsion system bends space time. Yeah. To get where it's going, then defying uh, time is not a great leap either. Yeah. 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 Do you like that idea more—the the possibility that it is that there are us? Yeah. Oh, well, it's nice to think that we survive long enough yeah. to, to evolve <laughs> into something else. Um, you know, and again, there's always that thing time. You know, physicists say time travel must be impossible because otherwise, where are the time travelers? Right. But then you go, well, maybe that's them. Yeah. You know, maybe. Uh, but it's just because because we our physics says it's not possible. Yeah. We just you know. You know, same thing with UFOs. Our physics says the planets are too far away. Yeah. Um, But uh, they might not be. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they might not be. I mean, there's there's even a a theory of uh, the universe as a quantum hologram that says space-time doesn't actually exist. Right. That there is no space between things in the universe. The universe is all clumped together. Yeah. And that that, uh, a three-dimensional universe that has space in it is um, a, hol- a holographic illusion yeah so,
1: I, I love those thoughts that are like just so like large and, and profound and, and life-changing but at the same time just like and if I accepted I was in a hologram how would that affect what kind of cheese I buy at the yeah, grocery more store like, all. like yeah, yeah what yeah. can I possibly do differently yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> to so acknowledge like, our reality? yeah so
2: it's like the notion of, like people uh, get freaked out by the idea of uh, that we're living in a simulation yeah that they you know and again these aren't like UFO theories, these aren't, you know, fringy theories. These are like mainstream, yeah, mainstream physicists put, put <laughs> out this the arguments, yeah, that if, if that eventually, uh, you know, if computers continue to gain imp- more and more power, eventually there'll be a computer that exists that can create a, a simulation or store all of the data in it, yeah, of everything that has ever happened since the big bang, like wow. every, every. Every movement of every atom since the Big Bang can just trace it. Yeah, and and create a simulation of that. Wow! So you can create a universe-sized simulation of the universe.
1: Wow! So you can like just eventually, in theory, humans could do a, like a virtual reality tour.
2: Yeah. of okay. existence yeah. as it has to, happened. Do a Google search of the universe, <laughs> and but but the physicists also point out that that once the um, that once this computer exists and this simulation exists. The data within the simulation would have absolutely no way of determining that they whether they were real or a simulation.
1: Right, and so, is it the kind of picture within a picture where that simulation would make simulations?
2: Uh, well, yeah, it would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would. And the, but then uh, and they also said that if virtual universes eventually exist, that. The mathematical probability is and I don't really understand this, but I've heard it said that the mathematical probability is that virtual universes will outnumber the real universe <laughs> exponentially. <laughs> so the actually the odds become very slim if if this is true, that we are in fact real, right. The <laughs> odds are are exponentially slim that we are living in a real universe and not a simulation. Wow, but yeah. and people get freaked out. But I, my answer is, well, is that any different?
1: Yeah, it, yeah. Does I don't know what to be. Difference? Yeah, I don't know what to be afraid of. Is like, oh, are you are you afraid yeah. somebody's gonna like turn our
2: simulation off? Yeah, because. We're working on that with yeah, climate change anyway. They can, yeah, they can, yeah. We can but, beat you to it. Yeah. They can power us down, but we won't know we've been powered down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They can power us down and power us up again in a billion years. We wouldn't know that we had been on, on, uh, on power-saving mode. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed
1: Are You questions. All so, right. Uh, these are questions I ask uh, all my guests. Uh, some of them are a little weird. Uh, do you think about UFOs every day? Uh,
2: lately, yes.
1: Yeah, lately, yes. Did you you mentioned as a kid that you were just naturally fascinated with UFOs like everybody else? Yeah. Was, was it was it heightened for you as a kid? Did you spend a lot of time daydreaming as a kid about UFOs?
2: Um, not really. Much. I mean, I loved shows about UFOs. Yeah. Uh, and i always like, you know, uh, especially like you know, in a, what few documentaries there were. In yeah. when I was a kid <laughs> about UFOs. I'd watch. Um. And, but also just fiction about UFOs. You know, I think I did, I think I've done at least three alien sketches on the kids in the Hall show. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, and that came out of just natural fascination of what if there is something more? Let's have fun with
2: this? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I did one sketch called Our Extraterrestrials Dull. <laughs> and, you know, and we did, and did another sketch with Kevin about aliens, about an Basically, it was an alien just having a career crisis. Yeah. And saying, why do we keep coming here? We come here. And <laughs> I think one of the jokes was, you know, you know, we travel across the galaxy. We abduct these humans. We anally probe them. And the only thing we've learned is that one out of 10 doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you have already, in a
1: comedy way, processed some of these deep thoughts. Yeah. About, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think they are deep thoughts. Yeah.
2: Um, Would you ever get a UFO tattoo? No, I would never get any form of tattoo. Okay.
1: Ever. Is that just... uh, Why are you not a tattoo person? uh,
2: One, I I don't like needles. Okay. Uh, And two... I lose faith in my choice of socks within the course of a day. <laughs> yeah. So you so would, halfway
1: through getting the first one, you'd be like, I don't want this anymore.
2: I will never have the aesthetic confidence to get a, uh, <laughs> any kind of a tattoo. Okay. And I and I marvel at people that get them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you ever wish that, do you accept that that's just something true about yourself? Because I wrestle with the same thing. I mean, and but, sometimes of like worrying like, oh, I'll make the wrong choice and then I'll be there forever. Do you ever... Uh, yeah do you like accepting that that's just the way I am or do you ever want to feel like I want to be one of those persons who can like get a tattoo on Tuesday and then if I don't like it on Thursday whatever I'll live with it c'est la vie yeah I
2: don't I think no I think uh one of my major skills as a human being is regret okay (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah I would yeah I would yeah I I would yeah I, I would I would be tortured by it. Okay. <laughs> I, I got understand. a tattoo that I lost <laughs> that I thought that I'd suddenly thought, thought was stupid. I understand. More than ugly, stupid. That's stupid. That's my main yes, problem. Yes, yeah, just a reminder uh, of a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at fo- old photos with different haircuts and I go, oh my God. Yeah. Like, how much, you know, and that grows out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't have a lot of wedding photos out because I should have made a different hair choice on my yeah, wedding yeah. day. yeah. So I understand.
2: Um, have you ever had or would you want to have a dream about UFOs? Uh I've had lots of dreams about UFOs. Uh um some of them really, really frightening. Okay. Um uh and and very, very realistic. Uh and I think my dreams about UFOs have not been pleasant. Okay, so yeah. you've had nightmares about UFOs. I've had nightmares. I've had nightmares about basically just I'm like in being in downtown LA where I used to live, and just then then suddenly there were just fleets of these gigantic craft over Los wow. Angeles, and we had no idea what they were there for, and we're waiting to find out. So that the was dream. the
1: anxiety in the dream of not knowing?
2: Yeah, they were just these huge craft, and we're all running around and sort of trying to hide from them, And, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I don't think in the dream they ever attacked, but it was just this presence of these, these huge
1: craft. Is this uh, something that you've had over the years, or has this been recently since you've been diving more into
2: the...
3: Uh, I, this Undiscussed was, phenomenon.
2: I, I, that dream that I remember was even before I started really diving into it. Um, there was... I mean, because for me, I started diving... Started getting uh, sort of interested seriously and, and interested in... Again, interested in the idea of how do we... how How is it that we ignore so much? Yeah. Um, when I watched a, a really good documentary called Out of the Blue... Which was it name was named as James Fox I think was the name of the okay. director, and it was a very serious documentary, mostly talked mostly uh, focused on like military government officials, um, coming out and discussing uh, heavily documented UFO encounters. Okay, um, you know, and also covering things like the like the Phoenix Lights, you know. Uh, again, yeah. you, there you have a, <laughs> there you have a situation where <laughs> where a, a, a football sized craft passed over Phoenix.
1: Oh, Phoenix. Okay, I thought yeah. it, I thought Phoenix Lights was like some sort yeah. of a Phoenix in the sky. No, no, this 19, city Phoenix. Ni- yeah,
2: 1997, uh, a craft that was described as being a, a, a football sized triangle. Yeah, passed over Phoenix, and it was tracked <laughs> tracked on radar, uh, was was followed by jets. Um, was seen by like tens of thousands of people on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Was photographed. Was videotaped, um, and and again, and and all of this, you know, and was covered in the news. Yeah, and and then uh, even the um, the governor of Arizona came out and and did a, a staged press conference where he pretended to have the culprit and had. Its, you know, that oh, like dep- made a joke. Out deputy of it. governor come out in a in a rubber suit, uh, <laughs> and this guy, the governor, later came out and, and apologized and said, "I shouldn't have done that. I didn't know what to do. People were in such a panic. I wanted to calm people down." Yeah, and I had and I had seen the craft, and I had no idea what it was, and I had no way to calm people down. <laughs> so, so that happened. Yeah, right. A gov, the governor, all of the, the population, and it was tracked over several cities. Okay, actually, through through uh, through Arizona. Um. Then uh, the government came out and said, Oh, oh it was uh, local military uh, dropping flares. Okay. And the press went, Oh, it was military dropping flares. <laughs> dismissed all of the other evidence <laughs> and dismissed the fact that flares don't look like that. Yeah. Dismissed the fact that flares don't stay stationary in formation. Yeah. Dismissed the fact that flares leave a trail of smoke. Yeah. Uh, and it just went, Okay. And from 1997 till now, People just stop thinking about it. Wow! Not the people who saw it; those yeah. people are are still angry and trying to find out what yeah. happened. If I saw just the press conference, yeah. I would still be thinking about that choice. All people to bring... are furious <laughs> about it, <laughs> and he has apologized repeatedly. Wow. And he actually he actually went to a, 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 a just a huge press conference uh, along with some like twenty other panel members, including like Nick Pope, who was from the um, Ministry of Defense in England. Okay, and um, and apologized said I. It was a huge mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That is really,
1: yeah. All of that would really concentrate in somebody's mind the thought of there is something to be said, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. I understand why you have that specific dream of what do you want? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Just say something. As socially awkward aliens, what do you want? Um, do you have or want UFO merch? Would you ever express your interest that way by buying no, bed I, sheets no. <laughs> or shower no, curtains? No,
2: no. I remember that. Where is I? Uh, recently, we were out in um, in uh, um, uh, the uh, Joshua Tree. Okay. We are out in Joshua Tree, and there were shops out there that have all sorts of UFO merch yeah. in them like socks. Some of the socks are quite nice. <laughs> but I, no, I don't, wanna, I'm not going to walk around wearing UFO socks or, yeah. or, uh, in part, cause I, to, my, to me, I don't, wanna, I, I don't want to diminish the story to kitsch. Yeah. You know, I don't want to wear like, yeah, I don't want to wear, you know, socks with, with gray aliens on them. Right. Cause then you're you kind know?
1: of, your socks are actively fighting everything you've been saying on the podcast of like, yeah, we can't take this seriously. Look at that guy's socks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, So several of these questions will probably fall into that category. Yeah. If you were uh, trapped in an elevator with another person, how long would it take before UFOs came up as a topic of discussion for
2: you? Uh, Oh, the the most more important question is how long would it take for any discussion to come up? Uh, I would put that off as long as I could. Uh, It's a scary question. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, who is this person? (laughs) I don't know. Um... Depends how long we were tra- – we'd have to be trapped in there for quite a while. Okay.
1: So it's not something that you just bring up as kind of like one of your go-to conversation no. topics. No, no. Okay.
2: Yeah. So do, do you avoid talking about it because people will be mocking? Well, I I, think, I, I don't know if – no, I don't think I avoid it. Okay. Uh, other than I, uh, Other than to the extent that I try to avoid talking to people as much as possible <laughs> anyway on any subject. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, uh you know the, uh, you know it's like get you know like if you're on that like how, how quickly do you bring up trump Right, you know, I don't want to know. I don't, want, you know, it's like I don't want to know. I'm locked in an elevator with somebody who's a Trump supporter. Oh, right, right. You want to avoid that if yeah, at all possible. Yeah, because one of us is not getting out.
1: <laughs> um, would you ever have a UFO themed birthday party, or is this also falling uh, into the socks? No, category? I,
2: I into, Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And I, also, I don't like souvenirs. Okay, so, <laughs> I, you know, when I travel, I know I don't buy souvenirs. Uh, would you be
1: proactive on facilitating an actual? conversation like if yes would you have like hey uh i'm gonna try to gather together the people i know and try to have a serious conversation about this
2: yeah well i've talked to some because i've talked to some people like one of the things i've talked about uh i've talked about it with with jeremy and uh who else i talked to about this but i think there'd be something really interesting and i'm sort of and it's because i'm not an academic so yeah but i would love to do uh, a documentary about the history of ridicule and UFOs,
1: that would be amazing.
2: Yeah, and like like taking like how has ridicule been used in the past on other issues? Yeah, uh, other than UFOs, you know. Um, and how has that the power of ridicule been brought yeah. to bear? And I'd also like you know to interview my my colleagues in comedy. Yeah, uh, you know, going back, you know, as many as I can get hold of, going back thirty years, forty years, fifty yeah. years. And say, you know, you know, and try to try to get gather as much like archival footage of people talking about UFOs in comedy. Yeah, that would be fascinating, especially since uh, I
1: think it was a lot X-Files, the TV show X-Files that mm. I remember for me starting out in comedy was late 90s, early 2000s. And that was just like a comedy boom to make fun of abductions yeah. and that. So like, yeah. there's so much archival yeah. footage of
2: relatively recent comedy that is yeah. exactly about ridiculing this. Yeah. So I think you'd get that and try to get that and also and then try to expose some a group of comedians yeah to all the data that that exists or yeah. as much as they would sit still for and and see if it if it can shake the way they feel about it yeah you know do you think there is a way
1: to use the power of comedy the power of ridicule to get people to take a topic like this
2: more seriously uh yes, you can turn ridicule on ridicule yeah if we point out if we can show how ridiculous. The marginalization has been, and yeah. how ridiculous the ridicule has been, and how ridiculous the debunkers are. Yeah, because um, that's the thing that that's the, the astonishing thing to me is yes, the, the so these incredibly intelligent people. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, like, like a, a glimmer of hope was I remember, I remember hearing uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, on Colbert. Okay, when they had what was that that big stone that with a hawaiian sounding name moa, yeah that was passing through and and colbert was asking could that be a spaceship could that be artificially constructed yeah and it and he dismissed all that but then at the very end he said you know the thing you might want to look at if you want to look at something that might be intelligently controlled is that tic-tac video
3: <laughs> i mean that it's, looks
2: like that looks like it could be something serious yeah and then that was the end of the discussion. And Colbert was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, like, that's the <laughs> let's only, wrap it up." Yeah, that's yeah. the only like guy I've heard of who is a de- a guy who normally debunks all these things. Yeah, like, saying there might be something there. Yeah,
1: it would be an amazing scene to just like, um, yeah, throw out ideas about UFOs, almost like mm-hmm. you know throwing red meat in front of an animal, and just like see if comedians can resist. Yeah. It's almost like the instinct to be like, yeah. if if you hear UFO, you got to go.
2: Do the joke. Here are the jokes. Yeah. I got them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're ready to go. Well, it's even like, I mean, it's, and it's, people just believe things that there's no reason to believe, but because they've heard it, they've heard the jokes on late night TV or, you know, or in, uh, you know, in the, in the comics, you know, and uh, like even my, my, my wife is an incredibly intelligent woman. Um, When I've talked about it, she goes, well, you know, if this is real, well, how come they only, they only show up like over, over like the desert in Arizona? Yeah. And I said, well, that's factually not true. The majority of sightings in America are, like, the highest number of sightings in, in the U.S. are over Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the second is over New York, and third is over Texas. Okay. Uh, over, like, like cities in Texas. Because, basically, the number of sightings goes up wherever there are more people. To see things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that's fascinating. Um, if it
1: was well done, I guess you kind of just answered this, would you want to be on a show about UFOs? Yes, yes. Yeah, just yeah. because you would like to be close to this, a uh, part of this idea that you're interested well, I,
2: in. Yeah, I think I think it's a strange thing, in that I, I I seriously feel like the world is about to change in a very profound way. Yeah, like in in and it's uh in a way that it may be very disturbing and or it may be very it may be just as i said very exhilarating and it may be a grand new epic. Yeah. Um but i do think that with the this it's an international breakdown of the secrecy and and the the lies. Yeah. You know cuz you know uh England has made uh, you know real facts public. Yeah. Uh France uh God, I forget how many years ago now, a long time ago, France put out a report, um, a governmental report, uh, that essentially said UFOs are real. Yeah, and we can't explain them. Wow, Um, you know, and and all the people who tell you that UFOs are real will admit that ninety percent of sightings are are mistakes or frauds. Yeah, Um, but when you're talking about, you know tens and tens and tens of millions of sightings. <laughs> yeah. That ten percent left over yeah. is a huge number. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but that seems
1: yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> worth considering. Uh would you stop being friends with someone who is really dismissive about UFOs? Is it has it got to a point where it's it's a breaking point for you?
2: No, I wouldn't I know I don't no I wouldn't stop being friends with someone uh you know uh and uh, you know and I wouldn't I wouldn't stop thinking the things I'm thinking yeah you know and I think you know and again I, I'm sure I kid myself but I, I think I'm able to react to new information yeah and again that's again I keep coming back to that theme that that's what disturbs me is that so many people that I know aren't capable of reacting to new information yeah. and as a culture as a people as a mass we are not capable of we're like we're we are like uh an air and you know a uh, you know, an aircraft carrier, yeah, changing course. <laughs> you know, yeah, it like it's so hard. Are you worrying about that on a large
1: cultural level, or do you worry about it on an individual level too? Where you like examine yourself or friends and say, well, "Here's this one particular thing that you will not change on."
2: Yeah, um, on an individual level, I think I, I worry about it um, to the extent that that the individual is a cell. Yeah, in the in the uh, the massive creature. Okay. Of of cultures. An individual uh, plane on the aircraft carrier. Yeah. You know, uh, and I also I, I i just worry about it, and in, in how it reflects how the human mind works. Yeah. And I worry about the the limitation of the human mind and the limitation of of most of the people I know. <laughs> you know, uh, to. To be curious. Yeah. And to be unafraid of being wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's, that's the thing. And, you know, that's the, the thing that allows for massive mind control. Yeah. And people think of mass, you know, mind control like, like the Soviet state or anything. Um, but, I mean, there's pretty... You know, like, uh, sociologists have done pretty clear studies about how easy it is to manipulate groups.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really—I mean, I went to uh, Medieval Times for the first time uh, Mm -hmm. last year and was deeply disturbed when I was asked to, like, scream for the death of the people wearing the red paper hats because I had a blue paper hat. (laughs) Like, it creeped me out to the point where, like, I yelled out, like, this isn't okay. (laughs) It's just our hats that are different. Like, it's so frightening how fast uh, that happens. Yeah. Uh so you do have to be uh aware of it. Uh here's the final how obsessed are you question. It is very ridiculous, uh, but I ask it every episode. So if you saw a UFO land and you were heading toward the site, mm-hmm. but a bear blocked your path, would you try to get around the bear? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the bear in the question, but it changes it a lot. What kind of bear is it? Uh, it's a big uh, one. It's a big one. It, but is it a black bear or a brown bear? It's uh, a, that, which uh, is that bigger? affect my strategy. Okay.
1: Uh, black well, black bears? behavior.
2: Black bears are smaller than brown bears. Uh, which is scarier? Uh, brown bears. Okay, brown bear then. Yeah, because brown scary bears. Scary brown bear. Is. That's a problem because you, uh, yeah, because uh, a black bear you can scare off. Okay. You know, or... Uh, you know, you can make yourself seem big, and it'll just wander off. But okay. brown bear, brown bear will probably eat you. Does a brown bear just <laughs>
1: not care when you do this stereotypical "I'm being bigger"? No, and brown cause, bear's like, cause I see I'm you, so much bigger. Okay, you know, <laughs> <because> <laughs> you
2: can't be this big. Black, black bears are, you know, compared to us, aren't that? You know, we can make ourselves look bigger than a black bear. Okay, because we stand on our hind legs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and be loud and screaming. You know, yeah, the, and you know they're vegetarians anyway. Yeah, so they're not that interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but even if it was the scariest of all bears, your interest in this UFO would, would to, be such that you would take I the would risk.
2: To, I would want to find a way around that bear, yeah. Okay,
1: good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I always like it when people answer yes, because sometimes yeah. people are like, no, yeah. no, of yeah. course not. And like, <laughs> eh, it's it is a test of obsession. Yeah. Uh, I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise comes to mind about, like, how you feel about this?
2: Um, I, well, I guess me. Uh, probably the strongest noise I I would make would be, ah. (laughs) Is that the sort of like, come on,
3: yeah, everybody look Ah. at this.
2: (laughs) You know, I don't get worked up easily.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, I ask everyone to give a rating to their obsession. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, Uh, where would you put yourself?
2: uh, I I would, God, I I think at this point I'm encroaching 10. Okay. At this point. It, It gets worse uh, on a daily <laughs> basis right now. You know, every every day that I that uh every day that I uh open a newspaper and there's nothing in it. Yeah. About about something that I think is the single most important story in the history of humanity. <laughs> and every day there's nothing in any of the papers about it. Yeah. And I go, "Wow, how is this possible?" So you feel like your
1: emotional investment is rising.
2: Yeah, and and my and my frustration uh, and again, it's and it's. I mean, you know, we all we're humans. We we have our tribes. Yeah. And uh, and my tribe is, uh, you know, is left wing, uh, supposedly intellectual. Uh, you know, the elite. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's my tribe. Yeah. And I'm astonished at the uh, the, the recalcitrance of my yeah. tribe. Yeah.
1: Does it push you to spend more time? Because when you say you're encroaching 10, I'm just curious if it's just a, a emotional or if it is also like time investment like you get a, you get upset and it does it propel you oh, to spend more time? Oh,
2: there's definitely there're definitely like nights definitely nights of in uh, of where I'll get caught up all night just doing searches and okay. trying to find something, some encouragement, okay, some, they, some encouragement. a glimmer of hope. Yeah. And um uh, you know or I'll, like uh Because, like, I know, like, after, um, like, Joe Rogan, uh, you know, in his podcast, you know, I mean, definitely a lot of people he has on his podcast i diametrically opposed to. Yeah. Uh, But I think Joe is a genuinely curious, you know, and open-minded person. And so I actually got him back on the UFO kick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, when I was on the show because he had dismissed it. He had done a thing for his show, Joe Investigates Everything. Okay, and had just decided, no, that's all bullshit. There, there's there's no UFOs. There. There's okay. no ancient UFOs. There's nothing. There's, you know. And Joe and I used to fight because he used to insist that the, the 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 pyramids were built by aliens. And okay, <laughs> and I kept I dismissed it and said, well, really, I'd believe you if there was one electric light bulb in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, but now he's gotten back on it, and he had uh, Jeremy Corbell and Bob Lazar oh, on his wow. show recently.
1: Okay, so you are making a difference because I mean, he, his show
2: reaches a lot of people. Yeah, he gets yeah, like like in the tens of millions of people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's it's it, the yeah the, the the reach of his show is astonishing. Yeah, and it's to me still it's mind-boggling because I've known Joe you know since 1995. Wow. You know. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, so the fact that he's created this empire out of this podcast is amazing. Um, but yeah, he had them on, and so after that, I kept thinking, "All right, incredible reach, so many people." I mean, look, Elon Musk almost lost lost control of his of his empire because he smoked a joint on Joe's show. Yeah, right. That's power. Try to let's let's so let's think about that. Think about how much blowback there was from Elon Musk smoking a joint on Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Intent. He lost. He almost lost his security clearance, which would have mean he couldn't run SpaceX anymore. Wow. Uh, he was almost ousted from Tesla <laughs> because of it. Uh, like literally, his whole life was yeah. almost upturned because he smoked a joint, yeah. which is legal. <laughs> yeah, in California.
1: And honestly, like I think part of it is the groupthink because just that that I only saw the still photo, right? Yeah, on social media, and it. It did just fall into that perfect pocket of if you wanted to make fun of someone like Elon Musk, this is the perfect photo yeah. to do it. So it's example of what you're talking yeah. about, like the how quickly a thought can spread.
2: Yeah. So that erupted through internationally, around yeah. the globe. Elon <laughs> Musk smokes a joint, erupts, and it gets all the attention of everyone. Yeah. Uh, then Joe has uh, Bob Lazar on, who, in a very detailed, and methodical way, <laughs> lays out. The story that he's been telling for thirty years. Yeah. Uh, and he actually had that's a mis that's a misrepresentation. He hasn't been telling it for thirty years. He told it thirty years ago for a brief period of time and then just went on with his life. Yeah. And didn't want to talk to anyone about it until recently when Jeremy talked him into going public with it okay. again. Um, and, you know, and Jeremy was doing this in light of his advanced knowledge of things like the Tic Tac and the and the gimbal videos. Yeah. Um, so he was trying to get Bob Lazar to come out yeah, you tell the story Cause, and also George Knapp, who originally broke uh, Bob's story in 1989, has been staying on it. Okay, even though uh, Bob had withdrew from any public discussions for 30 years. Okay, uh, but George Knapp, who's a who's a real solid uh, award winning journalist, yeah, um, is the only guy, and he's been marginalized and ridiculed for being a UFO guy all okay. these years. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he goes on Joe and lays out all this information which you know has been a lot of it has just been being proven true yeah. over the years uh you know and uh, deals with the that, you know the government tried to erase his history yeah when he when he went public um and goes through it and not a ripple really nothing not a ripple not a word in any major publication yeah not one mention in any major publication yeah not one newspaper, not even newspapers that are covering the story, <laughs> not even, not even polit not not the you know, not the Washington Post, not New York Times, yeah. not Politico, not one ripple yeah. from this.
1: Did you get any personal pushback? Did people tweet at you or uh, comment at you when you
2: were on uh, show? Just no, just people sort of reaching out who were just excited to have somebody a, pu- a public figure talking about it. Okay, so no, you push back. Like, that's how really. I. That's how I wound up. Uh, uh, Getting to know Jeremy Corbell. Okay, because he well, heard cause, you because um, I mentioned his movie on Joe's podcast when I was on it. Okay, uh, so so you know so he he reached out and yeah uh, and we started talking and I still haven't met him but we've become like uh, you know text friends. Okay, <laughs> we keep trying to meet up. I Actually, I was gonna they had Alien Con in L.A. this weekend, but I was I was gonna go to that and meet Jeremy and well he invited me to go to that and meet George. Knapp. Okay. Uh, and uh, and there was an alien fest up north, and he invited me to as well. But every, okay. t- every time I'm doing it, I'm, I'm off working somewhere. Yeah,
1: but uh, eventually. That, that's a, yeah. a, a cool thought to yeah. think that you can meet up with him uh, yeah, after and, being connected through the Magical Podcast.
2: Yeah, and, and after Joe's podcast, there was, you know, I, on my Twitter feed, I started getting all these messages from people who were yeah. in the UFO community uh, saying, you might want to listen to this guy, you might want to listen to this show. Okay, you so know. there is a really thriving community, too. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And as I said, you know, like I'd love to meet Nick Nick Pope. I remember reading about Nick Pope back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Wired Magazine did a big piece on him as the uh, the real life Fox Mulder. Okay. You Who was actually looking into things? That he was actually investigating for the British government. Oh, nice. Uh, he was in the Ministry of Defense, was still in the Ministry of Defense when the story came out, investigating UFOs and was saying that, you know, at least 5 to 10% of these are unexplainable.
1: Okay, and all of these people who like truly have experienced this, have documented this, go to these conventions.
2: Yep. Cool, cuz it's the only place they can get listened to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um speaking of listening to things, uh this is the plugging section of the podcast. Oh, all right. So, uh do you want to plug your podcast again?
2: Uh sure, yeah. If you're uh if you'd like to listen to uh it's listed as Don't Say Paul and Dave on uh various uh, podcasting feeds. Nice. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, come come join us. Excellent.
1: And anything else uh, that you want to plug? Anything else uh, in the works that you can speak about?
2: Uh, not really. Just, I've been out on the road with the uh, Who's Live Anyway show.
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh, here are some quick plugs uh, for this show before our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Grimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows, and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Very soon, I will be back in Minneapolis for the big convention, Convergence. I'll be doing a live stand-up show, an episode of Obsessed about role-playing games and all sorts of other stuff. Again, you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and my full Convergence schedule is there on the live shows page. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Uh, Before we dive into the final questions... Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to share?
2: Well, I just was uh, thinking uh, that I could like like I would give you a list or anyone a list of some things, some movies like um, the uh, Out of the Blue, okay, and another film by Fox, uh, by James Fox. I think his name is James Fox. I'm terrible with names. Um, called I Know What I Saw, okay, which is an incredible documentary. Uh, Jeremy's movie. Uh, uh, Bob lazar area fifty one and flying saucers um, and what else is there's, there's more um but those are a good start, but these are all like
1: solid documentaries about yeah. all the kind of like uh the history of actual events
2: and yes, and dealing with really really credible sources excellent and watch those and then but the other thing I would say is that watch those, but don't leap to believe anything that a debunker tells you based on like watch them and don't take the debunking immediately. Yeah. Like demand intellectual rigor from the debunking of these stories. Because I thought of a good explanation for what the debunking is a lot of the time. It's like if you think you have a cold and you go to the doctor and you say I think I have a cold and the doctor says no you don't have a cold you're allergic to ragweed. That does not mean that You know, you shouldn't make the assumption from there that not only are you never, you don't have a cold, you will never get a cold, (laughs) but not only will you never get a cold, no one else has ever had a cold. Yeah, colds are a hoax. Based on this scientific evidence that you do not have a cold. (laughs) It's just ragweed. It's always ragweed. Yeah. It's always been ragweed. Yeah, so even a debunking of one story is not a debunking of all stories. Right. Which is always that, that thing that, you know. So yes, proving you don't have a cold doesn't mean colds never existed and will never exist.
1: Right. And we, when you're talking about the 90% yeah. are made, are probably yeah. not trustworthy, yeah. it's like, yeah, 90% of people could have ragweed, but 10% yeah. still have
2: a cold. Yeah. yeah. And I will tell you, 90% of the people who say they've met me haven't.
3: <laughs> Does that really happen a lot? <laughs> sure. Where people just say, I met him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so I have our final questions. Uh, they're just kind of weird questions They don't have anything to do with anything. Uh, if there was a statue of
2: you, what pose would you want to be doing in the statue? Uh, well, if it's if it was to be truly accurate, it would be a pose of me watching the news
3: <laughs> and drinking
2: coffee. <laughs> nice. Would you want uh, it to be like a full tableau
1: so people could totally understand, like you're walking in a public park and you're there, the couch is there, a television is there? I think that
2: would be nice. I think... Uh, I don't think that's too much to ask. No, not at all. I'm going to make some effort, Sculptor. Yeah, really. That's yeah, much more dynamic if come there's, on. like, a little space between you and the television. Yeah, and... come on,
1: municipal art funding. <laughs> yeah, do your job. Uh, if you could clone
2: yourself, would you? Uh, uh, pr- probably. Yeah? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I'd be that impressed by it. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, because that clone would be no more me than, like, if I had an identical twin. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have, you know... So you just be like It'd be a different person, but hey, yeah, you can sit on the couch and cool. watch TV with me, or you can yeah. just go off have your yeah, life. Whatever. But that clone, but yeah, the clone wouldn't be me; it would just be someone remarkably like me, <laughs> somebody who could accurately claim to have met you.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness?
2: Uh, what is happiness? Yeah, a momentary aberration.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh,
2: do you feel like it
1: is uh, that we strive too much for an ideal of happiness and should just accept that it's a thing that
2: happens sometimes? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I've told my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she worries about being happy and yeah. why, you know, and uh, and I said, um, I don't think, no, you will never be happy. Yeah. You will have moments of happiness, and you'll have moments of sadness, and you'll have moments of confusion, yeah. and all of these moments will build up to be who you are. But uh, unless you uh, somehow become, uh, through some tragedy, uh, very simple-minded, yeah. <laughs> uh, then no, you will never be happy <laughs> in just as the, a permanent state.
1: Yeah, I, I find some amount of happiness in accepting that happiness is not a goal, it's just a thing that happens. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah,
2: it's about as important as being either warm or chilly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'll change the final question too. What is chilly? And see what <laughs> kind of answers I get to that one. Thank you so much uh, for doing the podcast. Thank I really, you. Really, it's really been
2: fun. It. Fun. Uh, I, I think I, t- I. think I could technically call it bloviating. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to change the name of the podcast too to, to <laughs>
1: bloviating with Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you so much. That is our podcast.
2: Thank you.
0: You've been Listening to Obsessed Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed!